Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Well, we've got some awesome news coming from CVent, don't we, Brooke? We sure do. As you may already know, our annual user conference, CVent Connect, is all about bringing people together for incredible live experiences. But even though we're not meeting in person this summer, CVent believes in the power of live. So we're excited to announce CVent Connect Virtual. That's right. This two-day event taking place August 25th through the 26th will give you the opportunity to hear directly from industry leaders, such as CVent CEO and founder Reggie Agarwal, and attend any of our 28 live breakout sessions discussing everything from virtual and hybrid events to safety and security to event marketing and program strategy for when in-person events resume. We'll also be hosting virtual meetups and appointments with both CVent and some of our industry partners. And Cody, you want to know what the best part is? What? It's all at no cost to event and hospitality professionals. What, free? That's amazing. I can't wait for the entire meetings and events community to come together. Make sure to secure your spot today by registering at cvent.com podcast and click on the Cvent Connect banner. I cannot wait. Cvent Connect Virtual is coming to everyone this August 25th through 26th. That's cvent.com slash podcast and click on the Cvent Connect banner to register for free today. Today we have Lou Morocco, president of Brandywine Events, to offer us some guidance on reopening strategies as we begin to consider in-person events again. That's right. Lou also brings a unique perspective since his passion is to promote sustainability at live events. So some really cool information from him. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss this conversation. So let's get to the interview with Lou. All right, Lou, thank you so much for joining How Great Events Happen. But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the president of Brandywine Events? Sure, but let me, let me first say thank you, Cody and Brooke, for doing these podcasts. I think it's absolutely important and well, well needed in our industry. So thank you. Thanks, c Yeah, so, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, yeah, so the journey began long, long time ago in a far, far away place. No, I'm kidding. Um, I grew up somewhat in the industry. My dad had a uh, restaurant nightclub when I was a young boy, and I've always enjoyed being part of this industry, and I was very blessed and fortunate to do that. Most of my adult career was spent as an off-premise caterer. So for 30, I don't know, about 25 plus years, I was an off-premise caterer in D.C., uh, before that in California, and most recently in, in the rest of my career here in the Philadelphia area. Um, after that, being involved with uh, organizations like MPI and sitting on their board and, and helping them, I was, I was kind of inspired by some of my planner colleagues who mentioned to me that, you know, Lou, you should really consider getting your CMP. There's nothing holding you back. You should do that. You should become a planner with your expertise in food and beverage and logistics would be perfect. So fortunately for me, I listened to them. Um, I got out of off-premise catering and became a planner and opened up brand new wine events. That's awesome. I love that. It's like, it's just built in since you were a kid. This was your destiny, it sounds this, like. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I knew early on I love food and beverage. So I don't uh, know. Yeah, <laughs> and me parties. too. We have something in common. Yeah, uh, 
And I know it's, I mean, probably in all of your years of doing this, this is probably one of the crazier times that you've seen. I mean, we're seeing some really interesting environmental impact from COVID-19, you know, of course, air travel is reduced. People are commuting a lot less. I mean, the, the roads are virtually empty, but what changes are you noticing being made for events, especially when live events resume? Well, you know, one of the biggest changes, and you touched on it just now, is the sustainability aspect of it. I mean, for the for over the past 10, 15 years, you know, we in the industry have been trying to get away from things such as disposables and get away from water bottles for all the environmental reasons. And, and now it seems like, okay, these, these are things that you need to have in your meetings again. Um, it, it's not necessarily the case, but I understand from, from where the guidelines are coming and why uh, they believe that disposable products, plates, glasses, and, and, and uh, water bottles are important. It, 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 you know, it's, it's one of those things where we, I guess we took a little step backwards to take a, um, a few steps forward when we finally get back to live. And I think that's the case. And there's a lot of different alternatives. And I think a lot of very, um, very influential people and a lot of very smart people are coming up with with alternatives to not having to use water bottles or not having to use disposables all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the, the one of the most challenging things that I can think about when live events resume is, uh, you know, just the, the eating part. It, it's, it's something that everybody has to really consider. The knee-jerk reaction really is to just convert everything to plastic cutlery, hand out mm -hmm. these little bags that are sealed that have little plastic forks and knives in them. But I mean, we've made so much progress recently with trying to get away from that. And this is like a huge regression almost. Are there any other options? What other options can planners consider so they can still be sensitive to COVID-19? Yeah, so there, there's, there's a few options that are coming up. You know, I mean, besides things like um, touchless dispensing uh, units. So units that you just put your glass into and it dispenses the water. You don't need to worry about water bottles or water pitchers, obviously, which we won't do. There, there are some guidelines that we'll go into, but there, there are ways to do a reception with past hors d'oeuvres. I mean, the big thing is, okay, so you cannot, at this current time, you cannot have a, tray, a server go around with a tray with multiple desserts on it because they're the fear of touching it. So what some, some are doing in the industry now, besides having individual served hors d'oeuvres that can be uh, butlered or passed to the guests, there's also, um, someone came out with this idea of a bento box of sorts. So you have your bento box when you walk into your reception of your appetizers. So you're part of. So I mean, there's, there's some creative ways that are coming down the pike. And I think that's the key. And I think there's, there's enough people that are very interested in, in keeping a sense of sustainability and a, a sense of, um, you know, proper service. And, and I think this is part of it. Um, you know, I mean, even just the mere idea of using plastic utensils and plastic plates. So about three, four weeks ago here in the state of Pennsylvania, you know, they opened, it was opened up to go out and do outside uh, dining. And I went to this very wonderful restaurant, good friend of mine, excellent chef and restaurateur. And we sit down outside in this beautiful landscape garden and we order our meal, which was absolutely out of this world. And it comes out in a plastic uh, container with plastic fork and knife. And all the drinks, although they were wonderful, come out in plastic cup. 
And I finally asked him, I said, so really, you know, how long are we going to have to go with this? It's like, well, you know, the guidelines are changing. I said, but you know, and I know because of being in the industry that, you know, any kind of disease is, is killed at 145 degree Fahrenheit and our dishwashers produce 140 to, to 150 degree Fahrenheit and then 180 degrees on the rinse cycle. So why not? And the response was, well, because right now it, it hasn't changed from the yellow phase to the green phase. So here we are fast forward two weeks here in the Philadelphia area, and we can now have meals on plates with forks and real glasses. So the point is, it is evolving and constantly evolving. And, and I think from state to state, because it's very much the state's mandates, um, we will see, hopefully, fingers crossed, that we will get back to some level of full service with actual uh, China glass or flatware and, and keep moving away from the disposables or the recyclables. But in the meantime, yeah. if you're in a state that has to do plastic, please make sure that you recycle. Yes. I want to repeat that so everybody hears. If you're going to use plastic, make sure it's recyclable. Like this is, this is really important. Um, and I know, I mean, there's just so much information out there, right, Lou? Like oh a lot of, of, of different information that we're getting. And it's, it's really hard not to let fear or anxiety sort of like impact our decisions, especially when it comes to reopening plans. What steps can, you know, planners and hoteliers do to just make sure they're making good decisions while not letting that fear or anxiety impact yeah. their reopening plans? You know, you're 100% correct. I mean, we have, I think for the past, what, three and a half, four months been inundated with all types of information. Um, and, and not to say that it's not, a, not good information because all information I believe is good. Um, it's just wading through all that to, to make sure that we're making the right decisions or a right commentary to our clients, stakeholders, employees, and guests. So the, the key factor and a key important aspect that we need to do as planners is to educate. We have to educate everyone. We have to educate our clients, our stakeholders, our bosses, our employees, and really we need to start with ourselves, educating ourselves on what it is we can do and share the information. For the most part, we're in, a, we're in an environment where, if not before, more so now than ever, we have to be in a climate of cooperation within each other. We are going to need and have needed this share of information, this share of best practices. And quite honestly, I'm really impressed of how our industry has been handling that. I mean, I, it, it's, it's, it's somewhat, it feels good to know that we all are coming from the same place of wanting to work together because let's face it, we're in a totally different new territory and we need to work together. You know, our responsibility to all, all of our, not only ourselves, but our, our, our clients and our industry is to work together to get through this. So it's, it's, it's educate, educate, educate and cooperate. Yeah, and, and I know education is a huge component. And, and when I talked to you pr previously, we were talking about some basic rules really for reopening and, and you kind of group some of these rules into three different categories, you know, absolute, recommended, and things that are prohibited. Can right. you tell us a little bit more about those rules and give sure. our listeners maybe some examples of what fits in each category? Sure, now again, as I, as I said earlier, I mean, it's gonna change from state to state, but here in our state of Pennsylvania, 
you know, the things that are what we call you must do. You must wear your mask. You must provide at least six feet um, between parties and tables. Uh, you must limit, currently you must limit to 50% occupancy of your state code or your occupancy rate. Um, you in the green phase can gather up to 250 guests. Um, but it, again, you need to make sure that the distancing is in place. So these are like your must. You must provide hand sanitizer that's at least 60% alcohol or higher, you know, with clear instructions of how you use it and how to avoid touching your hands to your face. That, those are things that are more or less the gold standard of things you need to do. Uh, then we get down to what the encouraged or, or, or recommended. Well, it's recommended to use single-use disposable menus, paper, discard after each after each customer. Um, again, I think there's better ways of handling it, but I understand where they're coming from. So you don't want a guest um, to touch a menu and then have to pick that up from the table. Um, you want to establish a certain written worksheet that specifies who the COVID-19 prevention or what COVID-19 prevention plan there is and have it clearly posted. Um, you want to make sure that there's a comprehensive risk assessment for all your work areas. So front of the house, back of the house, there's someone that's actually going through from your, from your company, making sure that these certain protocols are already in place and, and are happening. Um, you designate a person who implements the plan and, and just do things like install physical barriers and, and sneeze guards and partitions. These are things that are recommended. They're not absolutely, you know, I mean, you can do some or not all, but it's, it's that extra layer of, of safety that I think all of our constituents, our clients are, 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 are really deserving and our guests and our employees. So it's that extra little piece. The prohibited are, you know, I mean, it, you know, I hate to say it makes common sense because we all know that that's not common, but from the prohibited standpoint, you know, are things like uh, salad bars, uh, individual condiments. Condiments cannot be on the tables anymore. They have to be dispensed by the employees upon request. Um, you know, again, you, you can't just hand someone a hardcover menu and, and think that it's just like it was six months ago, you know? So things like that are, are, are really kind of, prohibited. The same things like uh, interactive games, video arcades, child play areas, things like that. I don't, I don't think that's going to be coming back anytime soon. And I noticed that too when I was at a restaurant recently because we're kind of in phase one where you can still go to a restaurant. It's a very, very um, much different experience. But yeah, there were no, there was no salt and pepper on the table. There right. was nothing at all. It was just a, a flat, you know, table with nothing on it. And you there weren't even menus, a, right, Cody? Yeah, there weren't even menus. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. They had a QR code that you go up and you can scan with your phone, which pulls oh, up nice. a menu, which I think is actually really brilliant. I think that's pretty that, cool. That's the best thing, yes. But yeah, I so I think that that would be a really cool idea that maybe some of our listeners can can think about. But I mean, uh, that, that's the restaurant industry. But I'm thinking about you know the the events industry. Thinking about in-person events, that just equals large gatherings. So True. of course, there's a big magnifying glass on how the events industry is going to handle reopening to really set the stage for all other industries. So what can our industry do to responsibly ensure that everybody can be safe? 
Well, it's from this, the point of, of entrance, okay? So things like touchless entry are gonna be key. Uh, things like posted um, protocols that are available either posted or with QR codes that guests get upon arriving. Uh, if we're talking about programs, you know, things in hotels such as um, advanced registration, uh, keyless entry to the rooms, uh, distancing for hotel, uh, for elevators, um, you know, that, that, again, you know, hopefully if that's the case, you're on like either, uh, you know, first, second, third, fourth floor, so you can even walk up. Um, you know, the square footage. I mean, here's, here's a big challenge for, for planners and one that I've run into recently. It's like, okay, so we have a program that we're bringing to a specific venue, hotel, and prior to COVID-19, it was something that worked out really well for our guest count and our exhibitors and what we need to do meeting space. Now, during COVID-19 and coming out, because of social distancing, I'm not gonna be able to bring that event there because they don't have the square footage. Or I have to get creative and do two events and do them back to back. But you know, the cost of that is, is just gets prohibitive. So there's things like that. Uh, when we're talking about food and beverage, food and beverage is, is another area, obviously, that is near and dear to my heart. But is something that's impacted tremendously. So there's not going to be an opportunity for planners to do or, or venues to do oversets. You can't, you can't do that. So an overset being that, okay, I've guaranteed for 100 people for this banquet and, you know, of, of normal, you would set it for either five or 10% over knowing that in case someone shows up and you can worry about that. That's not, that's not feasible anymore. The guest counts, the guest count they, we need to plan on that specific amount of guests and the distancing that is required to handle that amount of guests. So oversets are just a thing of the past. Um, you know, things like even buffets. You know, where we are here, all open buffets unmanned are really prohibited. Now you can do some manned and you can do it with roll top chafing dishes that are actually serve to the guests, but you can't just have a buffet open up or a salad bar or anything like that. Um, butler drinks, butler hors d'oeuvres, and I made reference to um, the bento boxes, but even butler drinks, you cannot have a tray, say for example, of champagne or sparkling water being butlered around a group of uh, people for your reception. It, it, you just can't do that anymore because of the fact that COVID is, is airborne. I mean, you know, it, you can't take the risk. If you're going to do something like that, it has to be covered and it has to be presented almost on an individual basis. So yeah, it, it's, it, everything has changed. Uh, it's forced all of us in the industry to, to really think outside the box and, and really come up with ideas to kind of get close to where we were before, but always and foremost, assuring the safety of our, of our guests and our clients and employees. And I heard, Lou, that you actually are have an event coming up just around the corner at the end of yes. July. Can you yes. tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, July 29th, we're going to be, um, we're co-producing. And now, when I say we, it's a co-production between a, a couple different entities here in the Philadelphia area, one of which is Visit Delco PA, the Tourism Bureau, uh, one is which is Drexelbrook Catering and Conference Center, which is hosting it for 60, it's a 60,000 square foot facility, uh, ventricians um, and mid-Atlantic 
or Vets Magazine, all of which are co-hosting a virtual and live event. As far as I know, it's the first live event that's taken place in the area. So it's going to be a ticketed event, not ticketed for, for admission for, for fee, but ticketed so we have control of the number of attendees. So we've limited the number of attendees and the rest is going to be virtual. We're going to start with an education process that starts from registration all the way through into how room sets are. Prior to the, the tour with the room sets, we're going to do um, a panel discussion with some of the those that are involved from transportation to audiovisual, to catering, off-premise catering, to conference services, to uh, a, a meeting planner. And um, we're gonna have a discussion about these are some of the protocols that are in place that you as a guest, whether live or virtual, will see as you go through the tour. So the tour will then begin. Um, it'll be set up as a conference setting. So there'll be three different room sets of conference, um, you know, from classroom to conference setting to U-shape. We'll move into a reception area. Here's what a reception looks like with distancing. Here is the food and beverage that would go with it and how it's presented. Uh, same thing even to uh, an example of a wedding reception with music and how that distancing impacts how far away the, the stage needs to be from the dance floor and how really recommendations on the dance floor are outlined so people are like, okay, you almost need to dance in this circle. Um, and then follow up with the Q&A. Uh, and all this information is going to be after the event available. And it's, it's like I said, it's going to be it, it, it truly is a coming together of all the different um, industry components and partners to, to really showcase what can, should, and will be done going forward, how to get back to business. So very excited about it. Thank you. For that's really cool. That. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool idea. It's like, we're, we keep talking about this on the podcast about like all the best practices, but like to actually be able to see it. And it sounds like this is one of the first hybrid events that we've actually heard about. You're going to have the virtual yeah. component and the in-person. So that's really I, awesome. I will make it, I'll make it a point to send you both an invitation as soon as they're finalized, which hopefully is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, perfect. Cool. Love that. <laughs> well, cool. Lou. It's been so great having you on the podcast. You know, we, I got to ask you our question if you had to leave one takeaway for our listeners or a piece of advice on, you know, a reopening strategy or even having sustainability at their events, what would that be? Well, from a reopening standpoint, again, it comes down to educate and cooperate. You really, we really need to do that straight across the industry. From a sustainability aspect, we don't need to throw sustainability out the window because of COVID-19. We need to really kind of concentrate on getting back to what's important. And what's important is really um, our industry and saving the environment and, and moving forward. So, you know, we do have information. Um, we actually have a sustainable group that we've started here at Hospitality Professionals. It's called the Sustainable Events Network. It's on Facebook. Um, it's actually called Sustainable Events Network of the Northeast Region. Come by, like our page, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Um, you know, we have more information that goes out there each and every day. Same thing with Brandywine Events. So we're always here, we're always um, willing and, and able to kind of help and really discuss any kind of options and, and help wherever we can. So again, it's educate, communicate, and stay sustainable. Those, those are my three takeaways. And I know that um, we already talked about your event, but is there anything else you wanna promote or share with our listeners? Well, um, 
yeah, just kind of reach out to us. Follow us on uh, on Facebook. Follow us. At, come visit our website at www.brandywineevents.com. You know, like us. Um, there's a lot of information that we put out there. I've, I, I'm very fortunate. I have a really wonderful social media director, Michelle Adshead, and she constantly works hard to put out information. So on the sustainable side and on the Brandywine side, I mean, we're all about really sustainability, um, wellness, and, and, you know, it's, it's, we will all do well together, but we have to be together. Yeah. And I love the idea of following other um, events, companies, and people like you on social media. Cause I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but this is how I gain inspiration and stay informed. Like I love Instagram. Just to send me a picture of the event that's happening and you know, it's, it's really interesting. So um, I highly encourage everybody to follow on social media and also um, we'll put a link when the registration is up and ready to go for your event in July for anyone else. Oh, excellent. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Lou, so much for joining us today. This was a, a really great interview and we just really appreciate you joining us. Hey, yeah. thank you so much. I love this conversation with Lou. I'm really excited to see how his both virtual and in-person event goes. Such a cool idea. Yeah, it's kind of the first hybrid event that we've heard about. I will definitely be following them on social media to learn more. If anyone out there would like to be on the show or has any hybrid events coming up, reach out to us at podcast at cvent.com. Yeah, before you know it, we will have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.